thanks, Lou, for the lead-in. I mean, we weren't ready, but I was and sort of in my head. Yeah. Um, welcome to your Daily Game Face. I'm coming live to you from Anchorage by the Sea in Agunquit, Maine, Yay. with my lovely friend, Michelle Michalizzi, who's here vacationing with her mom at the beach from Arizona. Oh, Arizona. 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 She's Arizona. all the way from hot Hades, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's You know what? It feels the same temperature in a way because there's no humidity. I know people say it's a dry heat and they joke about that, but it really does make a difference, actually. It's it hot. Does. It's hot here. It's hot there. It's hot. But anyway, so Michelle's here. And if you guys remember a month and a half ago, maybe, yeah. we had a show and Michelle was joining us. We talked about women and empowerment and entrepreneurship and polypreneurship and sandboxes. I, and sandboxes. And um, and lots of people like the sandbox uh, metaphor. So we've had lots of feedback on that. But now she's back and we're going to talk today about life after trauma and trauma can be anything that you seem to think it is for yourself or that you've been deemed as a diagnosis or something that's valid for you that doesn't matter if it's about um, something that happened in the natural disaster or something that's like sexual abuse or something that has to do with a mental health issue whatever that is it's going addiction. to be you addiction it's going yeah. to be true for you yeah so we're going to talk about that today and we thought this would be a lovely place because you can see the beach behind us and it's nice and calm and soothing. And, you know, we would hope that people would have um, forward moving thoughts and life after trauma would be nice and calm. And except for the children screaming behind us <laughs> <laughs> today at the pool that's on the other side. Well, I think that children screaming is actually nice because play is nice. Well, play is nice. Play is nice. You know, play is a good thing. We forget how to do that after trauma sometimes. Well, you forget to do that, I think, after childhood. Right. So I, I, many, I, many people forget that after you get through like the first 10 years of your life, you're allowed to still have playtime. And I think that that's why a lot of people get tra traumatized is because they forget that they can play. Well, I think sometimes people think that, that um, healing is very serious. Without humor, though, it's it, it is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that humor is actually in fact, I just did a, did a podcast about the psychology of humor generally as yeah. it relates to sales. Ah. I think that you can you can uh, the psychology of humor is important whether it's sales or it's healing or you know i think it's important not to take yourself too seriously and the problem in my field is that my field takes itself way too seriously and then it causes people to be extra tense and extra stressed and extra anxious so coming from what she just said coming from how i practice which is always coming from a sense of like you got to find some levity in your recovery because if you can't laugh at yourself and look at yourself from different perspectives and see like the good sides, the bad sides, the upside down sides and all those pieces. And if you just are constantly taking yeah. everything so seriously, it makes recovery harder. At least it that's does. been in my experience. I think that um, taking yourself too seriously, even when you're not recovering from something is a problem. Like, you know, that's yesterday true. I was on the beach and I was thinking, you know, there's so many people that were just so serious and you're on vacation. Mm -hmm. You should be literal. When you're on vacation, you should literally have like, Permagram. You should have a cramp in your face because you're smiling the whole time. I think. I think. Lou, when you're on vacation, do you have a permagram? I know oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I'm smiling all the time, especially yeah. up there. Especially up there, it's beautiful up there. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I thought I would be able to do no glasses, but no, it's it's bright. You know, <laughs> it's it's yeah. very bright. Um, so well, so there's so many pieces of of life, living trauma, and what people deem as trauma, but I think that just to set it up a little bit is that, you know, Michelle and I've talked before about just recovery from addiction. I do lots of shows on addiction, but it's not just about recovery from being an addiction. It can be from just, you know, childhood memories, childhood things. It can be from, um, you know, you could have something just happen at your workspace and that doesn't go well. And then it lingers with you for forever. I mean, so it's really about how do you take your life and move forward and keep moving forward and without quitting, without giving up and feeling like you're really stuck. Right. Well, yeah, I think sometimes what happens, um, I'm in recovery, so I've been sober for 22 years. And sometimes when I help people, you know, by the grace of God, right? Sometimes when I hear people tell their story about, you know, hey, here's what happened to me and here's what got me here. Um, you know, we'll be talking for an hour and we'll spend 50 minutes on that. And then we'll spend 10 minutes on what's happening now. And I, and I find that to be very interesting that we spend so little time talking about what we're doing now and how we're living now and what our future is you know right. because for me um being recovered from trauma means that i get to have a future 
right. I get to have, um, you know, hopes and dreams and, and I get to write something different as opposed to getting stuck. And I think sometimes when people heal from things, they heal from it, but they stay stuck there and then they don't move forward. And for me, um, no matter what I'm healing from, you know, there's, you're constantly healing from stuff. There's always things happening. Um, wait, wait. What's next? Well, no. it's, well, it's, it's, you're either healing from things or when I see people, they're not healing yet because they haven't figured out how to heal or right. they feel that they haven't, they don't have the tools to really do the self-discovery that they're looking for, but they know they're looking for it, but they yeah. don't know how to get there. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the bridge crossovers is that most people want the recovery, but they just don't know how, and they don't realize that they have the capacity and skills, but they just don't know how to tap into the skills. Right. Well, and also, you can't just stop doing something that's bad for you and just sit in a in a room and just stare at the wall. You know what I mean? Like you have to you have to actually replace whether you're traumatized and you're feeling like okay, I'm stuck here, I don't know where to go. You have to replace where you are right now with something different. So, you know, when I'm when I'm as a personal trainer, one of the things that I do with my clients is first of all, I ask them, have you ever been to a movie by themselves by yourself? And they say, well, why does that, what does that have to do with personal training? I go, it has everything to do with personal training. It has to do with self-care, right? So if you're going to be one of my personal training clients, you must go to dinner by yourself and go to a movie by yourself and know how to change your own dang tire. That's okay. so important, isn't it? Because it's, that's the process of taking part, taking part in yourself, isn't it? Going to the movie by yourself, having dinner by yourself. Not everything is external. Your whole well-being isn't external. That's part of the big part of healing, isn't it? Well, it's also about taking responsibility, right? So I'm accountable for my own happiness, right? I'm accountable yeah. for my own dang tire. So if I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I get a flat tire and my phone, my cell phone doesn't work, like, you know, we, we had to find a place to actually have this podcast here because in this part of the world, the Wi-Fi is sketchy, right? So, you know, if you're stuck somewhere, you have to be strong enough to get your tire out of the car. And you have you to, know, right, you have to be able yeah. to fix it for yourself. Yeah, you, you got to be, be able, able to do for yourself. Self-sufficiency. And well, and, and and going off of what Michelle's saying is that's one of the hardest things that I, she does it in personal training, but I do that with my clients. I'll say, go to a movie by yourself, go sit in a coffee shop by yourself, mm -hmm. go to the mall by yourself, walk around. All these suggestions for people do. And I often get that look of, I can't do that. Or I get told, I can't do that because I need someone with me to be with me because it's too lonely or it's. It doesn't feel safe or something. Or what will people, people think? think? Oh, That's my God. A, like, yeah. What will people think if I'm at a movie by myself? I'm like, right. And and so, and so I always say, well, they'll say, do you go to a movie by yourself? I'm like, of course. Yeah. And I'm like, that's wonderful to spend time alone. And people have a hard time sitting with themselves. And one of the reasons why, at least in my experience, is you can't sit with yourself if you're not able to look at your shit. And people will sit in their shit. And then, then when they're alone, they get worried about having to look at that. And then if they don't have the distractor of someone else or buffering them or some other activity, then it's like, oh, now I have to sit at myself and look at myself. And that's really a struggle. So it's much easier just to keep spinning their wheels or getting stuck over and over again in the same thing. Well, that's what we talk about this often, but Michelle put it in a great way about accountability, about accountability for your own outcomes. And often with trauma, that's the ultimate loss of control. It's hard. To, sometimes it's hard to recover when you realize how vulnerable you are to things that are out of your control. But the real dirty secret is there's a lot more within your control than you think. Well, and this is also about part of why we stay stuck is because we don't even know what we like anymore. Right. So I spent a long time looking for um, I had a, I had a partner who really loved action movies. I'm not an action movie person, really. You know what I mean? So a couple of weeks ago, I went out to see um, Mrs. Ha uh, Harrison, Mrs. Mrs. Harrison to, pa pa to Paris. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> so good. And it, as I was watching the movie, I was thinking, you know what? I forgot what I like. Mm. I it's forgot really... what I like. Kind of. You know what I mean? Because I, I know the self-care accountability thing, right? So if you don't do stuff by yourself, you don't actually know what you like. So that's one of the reasons why we stay stuck. Because we don't know what we like. And it's too difficult to handle that. The reality is that I don't know what I like. I, do I like peanut butter? I don't know. My spouse doesn't like peanut butter, so I never had peanut butter in the house, right? But if you, you're like, I don't like peanut butter. Really? Or is it that your spouse doesn't like peanut butter? I don't know. You have to go try peanut butter and find out, right? Okay, I don't like peanut butter. Okay, well, now you know, right? But if you, you know, what kind of movies do you like to go to? You know, it was funny. There's a couple ladies beside me 
and I was joking about, and I, I have like a bag in my car with like a blanket and a jacket. Right. And I, I go in and I like set up camp, you know what I mean? And, uh, they said they did their, their husbands didn't want to go to this movie. So they came together and I thought, well, that's good, but you could have come by yourself. And you know, what's cool about going to move by yourself. You don't have to Nobody deal with the crap right. out of you. <laughs> you could actually enjoy the movie on your own. You know what I mean? So, no one's talking to you through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. No one's yeah. asking you questions. No one's saying, do you understand what's going on? What happened? What'd they say? And I'm, I'm, I'm actually the person that usually does that. So, oh, you know, good. I, yeah, no, I'm that annoying self. person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't ever go to a movie with me. What's happening next? What's going on? My mother always jokes about that. But, you know, part of the reason why we stay stuck is we don't actually know what we like. We don't know what food we like. We don't know what we like to do. We don't know movies. We don't, we, we have no idea because we're so stuck in that story. We're so stuck in the story that my, my dad did this when I was eight. Okay. Well, you're 67. It's time for you to like, think about number one, forgiving your father. I know that sounds crazy, but forgiveness is a big part of stepping forward in my opinion. Okay. Forgiving things and, and letting go of stuff and, and moving forward. And then saying, okay, so that story's behind me. What do I do with all this space in my head now that I'm not thinking about that traumatic thing that happened to me when I was eight? Well, you have to be accountable for that. I have to be accountable for that, right? So it's my job to replace the trauma with light, you know, and, and that's a choice. Right. It's a choice every day. Well, and I think that I think to say something about forgiveness, because oftentimes people talk to me about do I have to forgive someone? And, and Lou, you heard me say many times as I tell people that you don't have to forgive anybody if you don't want to, but you have to know what you need. If you don't forgive what that comes with, what, what then, you know, is the consequence on you mentally? Are you able to compartmentalize it? What do you do with it? So you have to really look at that because if you don't, and you just sit with the angst of the eight year old and the 67 year old body doing the, the dance, then it never releases from you and you never can move on. There are people that don't forgive, but they can let go. They can move on and still be healthy because they accept, which is a piece of the forgiveness, right? Accepting where they are at and what happened and saying it was then not now. And so not having it present. See, I people. think that forgiving is not saying, Hey, the thing that, that happened to me when I was eight and I was a child, my father beating me to the point where I broke a hip is not okay. Mm -mm. You don't forgive that behavior. Right. Okay. Right. That's not, that's unforgivable. Right. Okay. But you forgive the person for behaving in that way so that you can let it go. Right. Right. It's not about um, saying that what they did was, was right. 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 It's about saying, you know what? I'm no longer allowing that situation to keep me to anchored me. to that trauma. Right. And I'm going to let it go. That's and the me, that's, it's I'm just, sorry. That's the misconception, right? Because most people think that forgiveness is something you give to someone else when actually it's giving yourself permission to accept what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, it, and I think that's the biggest misnomer about the, um, the act of forgiveness is people think that by saying, I forgive you, I now exonerate you. Right. I'm advocating for you that you're okay. I now have become a doormat. Right. And so, and yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons why people get so reluctant from doing it fully because they think that's what it means as opposed to the other piece was what Michelle was just saying that it's a it's a way of relieving yourself from the strain of being under the old stuff the victim piece and you know this whole forgiveness thing also is a process right you'll know when it's time it's not like you can say okay I have to forgive because if I don't forgive I'm not healthy and I gotta do it right now guys have to unmute yourselves you muted yourself you have to unmute yourself. You muted yourself. Well, that oh, was a problem. That was weird. Sorry. How did we do that? I didn't do anything to mute. Yeah. It's okay. It just happened then. Uh, yeah. Forgiveness is sometimes cultural too, right? Michelle and I can understand. Michelle and I can understand that that's not something that Italians come with the capability of all that often. Well, you're not good at forgiveness. A lot of Italians are Roman Catholic. Yeah. So if you're a Catholic and you're a Christian, forgiveness is part of the deal, right? So. Well, yeah. And, okay, we also know that the vendetta thing and the, and the you're dead to me crap that, you know, Italian culture can sometimes, you know. I have that in, in Irish movies. culture. Same thing. I'm Irish, Irish Italian. Irish culture. On both sides, yep. Right? Yep. But it's not about saying that what you did to me is okay. You know, if you're eight years old and your father beats you to the point where your hip is broken, that is not okay. It is an unforgivable act. Yep. But letting go of the, the thing that tethers you to that right. trauma 
and and I think that I was muted when I said this, but it's not like you can say, okay, I need to I need to forgive by the end of this podcast. Ready, go. Right. It's not yep. that's not how forgiveness works. It happens when you're good and ready. Right. In the meantime, you have a life. Right. You have goals to set and a life to have. And I just. For me, I don't want to stay stuck in right. what happened to me when I was a kid or the things that were unforgivable that happened to me as a kid. I forgive because I don't want to stay tethered to that thing, right? Whether it's a relationship not going the way I wanted it to go or a job not working out yeah, or right. something traumatic that happened to me when I was a kid or my Me Too moment. You know, I, I'm not going to stay tethered to that because you know what? I'm not giving anyone or anything that kind of power over me. Kim, do you know what Irish Alzheimer's is? The biggest smile on my face on vacation because I insist upon being happy. What did you ask me, Lou? Do you know what Irish Alzheimer's is? Irish Alzheimer's? Yeah. Getting why somebody annoyed you? No, you forget everything but the grudges. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's exactly. Now, it's yeah. You can uh, parse between forgiveness and letting go because we've been dancing around that a little bit here in this discussion. Uh, letting go. And I think people would see it as letting go is what we do. Forgiveness is what we give to someone else. But can you let go without forgiveness? Or is that really what forgiveness is? Just letting go of the just letting go of the whole conflict. Well, I, so what I coming from a clinical perspective, I see it as as letting go and forgiveness are very different. Right. So forgiveness, you can do forgiveness of self. Forgiveness itself means like, you know, that if you're the eight year old, you can, you, you know, some people talk about forgiving themselves as being a young person that didn't have anything but the innocence. So they could have known any better. So, you know, a lot of times children who are now adults will say, I'm at fault for that happening to me. So they never, which, which creates hypervigilance, which right. makes you freaking miserable. Just saying, right. you know what I mean? It, it cre I'm never going to let myself so, get hurt again. So I'm never going to open my heart up again. I'm never going to be vulnerable again. And those are the kind of people that you see that are frowning on the beach on vacation because they're so busy hanging on to their shit. shit. Right. Exactly. That they're never letting go and they're never having a happy life. Right. You it, the, the letting go of what happened behind you is it was what lets you move forward. Cause when you say right. tethered to that thing, whatever that thing is, it keeps you stuck and staying stuck is misery. And so the letting go piece. And so in the practice that I do is about the acceptance of what is now that was then this is now. So accepting like eight year, you're an eight year old, not now you're 67. So what is going on in your life now? Because there's so many years in between of all those things. And why, why not allow yourself to just accept where the space is, the time is, what are you doing to move forward? And why do you need to bring that thing as an eight year old to go forward with you? Cause it's not necessary. It doesn't have anything to define you anymore. No one else sees it, but many people walk around with the wound outside of them thinking that they're transparent and seeing it, which keeps them away from letting it go or from having forgiveness of self or other. You know what I really think it comes down to? We are sometimes chicken shits. We don't want to, we don't want to figure out what makes us happy. So we spend a lot of time blaming everybody else because mm -hmm. that takes a lot of energy and activity. Okay. And we don't want to say, you know what? This job isn't good for me because I'm not good at this thing. I'm just not good at it. I got to figure out what to do next. So rather than figure out what to do next by trying something scary or doing something new or failing, God forbid, at something different, you stay stuck at complaining that your boss isn't right or your this or the client's not right or whatever, right? So sometimes, you know, not taking responsibility for this is a wrong fit or this is not what I want. What's next, right? So that means you have to get out there and be vulnerable. Like, I don't know. I've always wanted to jump out of an airplane. I, I think I'm afraid to do that. Let me go jump out of an airplane. I might be doing that this year. I actually might be. It's been on my list of jumping out of an airplane. Like, you know, See, now I, I can get her. I want to buy a motorcycle. I want to You can come to the human baton and jump out of the helicopters. Oh, that's awesome. See? See? Yep. She's yep. my next athlete, human baton, female. I'm going to work her. I'm going to yeah, work her. She's going to work her. She's going to work I, You know, for me, it's about getting out and doing things differently, right? And that means... Okay, I don't. I've never been to this particular part of the world. How do I get there? What do I do? Where, where do I stay? What and I, people get stuck in not doing those things because yeah. of the things we're talking about. But also, people get stuck because they would rather dance with the devil that they know than the devil that they don't. Because that devil that they don't know can come up and bite them, and they or they've been told. I, I mean, I'm going to reference like patient, com, you know, conversations of. Well, so and so told me that if I did that, it would be bad. Oh or my God! So and so the airport. Told me, right? It's like, oh, for God's sake! You know, it's like if you listen to everybody else and how they tell you that it's bad, it's gonna just keep re-traumatizing yeah. you, which gets you into the the trauma bond, the trauma loop, and people don't realize that that just you're gaslighting yourself. You're actually gaslighting yourself. Usually, think of someone gaslighting you. You know, you're pouring fire, you know, oil and 
inspired and getting it going and someone else is doing it, but you're doing it to yourself by sabotaging over and over by saying, I can't, I won't, I don't know how it's scary. Everyone else told me it's bad. You know, the media is huge right now with yep. travel, right? So I came from Arizona and my mom is planning on coming out to visit Arizona. And of course we all know that the, the travel being so bad and the delays and yes, there is an increase. Okay. And, but you know what? There's always delays when you travel. Always. Right. There's always, there's always stuff that's going to happen when you travel. You can't, you can't let the news, you know why the news tells you that? Because they're having a bad news day and they need to tell you something to get you to turn the news back on because there's an ad guy who's trying to sell stuff to a marketing person like me who's going to say, how many people are going to watch my ad? Yep. So when you're watching and you're tuning into all the trauma bullshit on television, which I refuse to participate, I, I watch a very little bit. If, it's, if the world's on fire, I do turn the TV on. I actually turn YouTube on or whatever because I don't have I don't have actually cable. So, you know, I don't I don't smart. I'm, I'm not going to I have to make choices in my life. Right. I want to choose to put my time towards, you know, building my business and doing good things in the world. So I don't watch television. Right. So that's, that's my that's my takeaway. But the reason why you're that the, the news is trying to get you addicted to the trauma is so that you turn the television on so they can sell more advertising yep. right up your alley, Lou. Yep. This is exactly what you complain about all mm -hmm. the time, right? Because you talk about how it's traumatizing to you just in your daily, nightly activities. You try to shut everything off. But we talk yep. about this all the time, about how it gets him stuck in yeah. his mindset of, of that loop at night, especially when you're like, oh, uh, my God, don't watch the news at night. That is so <laughs> ridiculous. I don't. I haven't for years. But social media, unfortunately, just drains it right towards you. You know what? My social media is all rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and rabbits. I'm just saying. He you knows know why? too. I don't pay attention to that shit. I just don't. <laughs> you know why? Because I want to be happy. Yep. You know, and I, and I am not saying that I don't pay attention to politics and I'm not a, a responsible human being as far as what's going on in the world. I just don't stay stuck there. You know why? Because I've made a decision in my life across right. the board. I'm not staying stuck. Now, it doesn't mean in my life that I haven't taken my time to make a decision about exiting out of a traumatic situation because I definitely have taken time to get out of traumatic situations sometimes, right? But once I'm out, you're out. I'm moving forward. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm, you know, people are like, are you sad? I was. I am. I'm always going to be healing on a certain level, well, but you know human. what? Because you have to become a human being. Right. But you know what? I don't want to get to the end of the life, my life and say, you know what? I spent my entire life healing from something that happened when I was a kid or the things that happened to me along the way. And I never showed up to be the woman that I'm supposed to be because I was a chicken shit. Because I have a I, thing against being a chicken shit. It's well, because you, like, you know, you don't, you're not releasing yourself from the, the strappings that come with it. Yeah. Because it's almost like if you do, it's like, then what do I have? Because so many people get wrapped up in their identity as the trauma. Yep. Right. And then then what do they have to hang on? Yeah, I'm to? the hole in the donut. Right. If I if I give up my story, then who am I? Well, that's your job on this earth. You get brought in here as a little person and your job is to figure out who you are and what you like to do or not do and what your purpose is and to go do that. If you just spend your time stuck, it's like going on a trip, right? And I was joking with a girlfriend about this. I've had moments in my my life where I've been on my trip on my way to my thing, right? And I get off at the rest area and I go, wow, this is home. I get off at the dirty bathroom and I start setting up. I get, I, I decorate it. I, you know, I, 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 I put curtains up. I'm in, a, I'm in a rest area. Okay. Yep. This is not my stop. And I make it home. And then I realize, wow, this is just a stop along the way, right? And then once I'm like, okay, I'm an ass, right? I got to get out of this dang bathroom. I got to get back in my car and I got to get going towards where I was going. And then I pull off again on another rest area. I'm like, wow, this is nice. I'll, this is cool. Maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. And I set up house again, you know? So, and it's, and it's when catching yourself when you're doing that, because when you've been through trauma, yep. it becomes super comfortable to reset up house in another traumatic situation. And I've done it in my yep. life throughout okay and then i moved my boundaries this has been one of the things i learned when i was recovering from alcohol was i i did an inventory and i figured out like what my part in the crap was right and then i go okay one of the things i do is i get into xyz situation and i keep on moving my boundaries until i'm i don't recognize myself right and i do that over and over and over again until i learn the lesson right so once i realize wow i did it to myself i did it to myself again right it's, it doesn't mean that you didn't have a traumatic thing in that bathroom or that situation again, but I, I signed up for it. But what you're doing is you're sacrificing, I call it sacrificing your integrity for the same experience over and over. You're, reca mm -hmm. you're recapitulating, re repeating the yep. same family of origin experience or the same relationship of experience from 10 times ago yep. until you have to learn 
whatever it needs to be learned to finally get the boundary tight enough or set hard enough to say, I don't do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. But before that step, I always look at how do you get someone to be really self-aware that they even are doing it? Because many people walk through life, as we know, not even realizing that they have, they know that they have a trauma or they know they have something, but they don't look at what it is or how it got there to actually do anything about it. They just know that it keeps happening and they just think, oh, well, this is what happens to me versus, wait a second, what am I doing in this process to contribute to this problem? I keep finding the same. I keep finding the same thing. I keep doing the same job issue. I keep having a fight with the bosses. I keep getting fired. What is it that I'm doing? What, what, why don't I bring up, I'm going to bring up here death of self because what happens is whatever the trauma was, you identified with who you were before the trauma. And then when left with a void, you self-identified as the victim and you brought this along with you because it was comforting. Right. And so you just keep re recreating it, recreating. It. It's not obviously not a conscious thought, but it's a subconscious. No one's willing to let go of their selves and find a new self. That's the difficult aspect of it, isn't it? Well, it's also. Yes. Like, yes. Partially. Yes. We could use this as another way to beat up on ourselves because I do this to myself. I've just gotten through like, oh, my God, I did it to myself again moment. Right. And then I beat the crap out of myself for a while. And I think to myself, well, the people that I mentor, I say, we well, can't beat the shit out of yourself and feel better at the same time. And then I catch myself doing it to myself. You know how I know that? Because I do it to myself. Right. I know it because I spotted, I, I got it. Right. But you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And the only way that you can know something is by going through shit. So the reality is, is that part of healing is going through something simultaneously a couple times. And then you realize, oh, wow, there I am. But unless you're like self-aware and you're learning to right. heal, you don't see this pattern in your life. And so you can't heal it. I'm reading a really great book right now called Drop the Rock. Great book. It's a really great book. And it's about, you know, basically the sixth and seventh step and talking about um, how you're going to be accountable for your character defects and do something different. Well, part of being accountable about your character defects or, you know, what you what you're doing in your life that is capitulating. It's a great word. Capitulating your shit is being able to really seriously look at it, see where it comes from, take accountability for it, but then also to step into what you're supposed to be doing, which is living a usefully and purposeful, full, happy life, which, you know, right. sometimes I think we feel that if I've been through trauma, I have to honor it by being miserable. Right. Because that's what I deserve. Because that's what I deserve. That's, or that's what, what I'm used to. Or that's the way life is. Or I'd, God forbid I'd be happy if someone take it away from me. Or I need this or that to be happy. I need something outside of myself to be happy. You know what I mean? And at some point you have to say, okay, what's my part in this thing? What can I do differently? And then you got to start replacing it with other stuff, you know, with other stuff that is going to build you up so that you can actually go on to live a useful and purpose life. Because the reason why you heal from trauma is not to heal from trauma, right? The reason why you heal from trauma is so you can have a happy and useful and purposeful life and you can show up in the world the way you're supposed to, the way right. you were built to. Like for me, God's a big part of that. For some people, God's not in part of the mix, right? For me, I have a spiritual life. And for me, being the woman that God put me here to be is my whole reason for living, right? So I have to keep on looking at this stuff so I can show up as her at some point. I'm not her yet. I'm working on it. Well, it's a journey. It's a journey. And that's the other thing we it's talked always about before, before we got online that, you know, this is a journey. You're on that highway and you're going to get off at several rest areas instead of camp. Right. And if you're and if you stop being on the journey, that gets you stuck because many people stop on their journey thinking that's the end because they don't think that there's anything else beyond that. And then they lose a sense of self and purpose because they don't think that they deserve it. They don't think they're worthwhile enough. They don't think it's meaningful enough. Mm -hmm. They just lose who they are. They don't maybe they're lost in a relationship or codependency because they're redoing the same thing over and over. And then they charge. Right. Yeah. And that's and then it then again, and I call it gaslighting of self. You're doing to yourself what you're used to other people doing to you. And when no one else is there to do it to you, you just do it to yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, like you ever been in a situation with a parent or a traumatic situation and that, that situation, like you're, you're bad. Right. And then you get out of it. You're like, well, I'm bad. I'm bad. I should, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have this. I should have, right? And then you, you're basically doing to yourself what the other situation was doing, doing to, to you, you because it's a habit. Right. Cause you have to recreate it for yourself because then if I don't recreate it, then what do I do? How do myself? I function? So guess what? There's a whole, look at that scene out there. There's a whole world out there full of stuff to do that has absolutely nothing to do with trauma. I know this is shocking to a lot of people, and sometimes it's shocking to me. Like, there's peaches. 
and bananas and chocolate cake. And oh my God, my mom and I were having, my mom and I went to the scoop shop here and we ordered a small maple walnut ice cream. Small. And my mom, small. My mom, and I don't usually eat ice cream, so it was a, definitely a vacation activity. My mom made me laugh so hard last night. She goes, oh, my God, I need a, I need a nap from eating this ice cream. Like, it was so much work. She goes, my mouth is literally tired, right? And we were hilarious in the car, right? Hilarious in the car. This is the, these are the moments that life are, are, are made up of. You know, it's about, and I was talking about our bicycle rides as a yeah. kid growing up. So our, those are those damn awful bicycle rides. That <laughs> my experience was completely different. My experience was this was awesome. She hated it, right? <laughs> we had the exact same experience, Lou, the one I told you about on air last week yep. or the week before. Yeah, she was like, yay. Yeah, I'm never getting on a bike again. But you know what it is? <laughs> she was fine. I mean, my mom and I were talking about it today. I'm like, mom, remember that bicycle thing we used to do from Rutland to Ludlow? And I was like so excited. We went, we, it's the only time we actually got to eat together. We got, I have pictures of us eating ice cream together, which is like. I think it's the only time we got allowed to eat. We got allowed to eat and we were eating ice cream together. So I was like, we're so excited. But I was 10, 11, 12, 13. She was five, six, seven, eight. To be on that highway as a five-year-old. I mean, I think of it like. She yep. was five. You know what I mean? Like I was eight. Pedaling my bike up I the was, mountain path. You know, six, nine. I mean, it was a different. And, and Kimmy was like teeny. She was a little tiny peanut of a thing. You know what I mean? She was tiny. And I. It's I trauma. I, it was yeah, traumatizing. It was, well, there was cars going by and it's and it's a long ride. Right. So you can actually have a situation where like my brother and I grew up in the same house. His response was suicide. Mine was I'm I'm going to I'm going to live. We had a very different response to the same childhood right so you know what's traumatic for you might not be traumatic for somebody else too and we yeah. can judge the crap out of ourselves on that too. right right so, yeah I, I have no issue with not riding a bike and i don't care if anyone else rides a bike <laughs> but i'm not riding one ever which well, is Michelle, I, I don't know if you your willingness your willingness to accept a new personality and accept new things in your life i don't know if that was innate in you and that's what helped you carry through your family situation where your brother couldn't because a lot of people don't want to let go of in other words, whatever is out there that's unknown, the unknown scares the hell out of people. That's yeah. worse than what I'm going through right now. We've seen it with divorces all the time. Haven't you ever, you have people in your life who've been divorced 10 years and they're still bitching about their partner. It's like, that was yes. 10 years ago. You should be moving on at this point. But they hang on to it because that's their identity and they're afraid of what's going to, what the void is going to bring to them when that's gone. You know, I think I got, it's funny. I was at a, a conference a couple of years ago with one of my nutrition partners, right? And there was this woman, um, Emily Barva, Googler. She's amazing. Um, she was up on the stage and she leaned forward and she got real close and she said, it's not over till we win. And I thought, you know what? Amen, right? So for me, my th as much as there was trauma in my childhood, I also had a lot of really great, awesome role models. I was able to repurpose things. I learned how to repurpose stuff. And I had a lot of really great role models. And one of the things I learned as a kid is that you just don't ever give up. That, that there's, there's bad things about that. It led to an Achilles tear. I can, I can, I could definitely overuse that skill. But I also feel like it's been my saving grace because I've had horrible things happen to me. You know, I mean, just to me, right? But I've made a decision that I'm not going to allow anything that happens to me to take have that much power over me. Well, I think to Michelle's point, and we talk about this all the time, about the resiliency factors. Mm -hmm. Like Michelle and I grew up under the same exact reg regimen of coaching, not parenting, but coaching and kind of the same scheduling and all that kind of stuff. But I think the thing that comes out of both of us, and I think why we found each other again is because we both are resilient. We both are forward moving. We both, and I think that came from a lot of the stuff that traumatize me but maybe didn't traumatize her but maybe it did in a different way but it moved me in a different way but it still made me resilient like it made her resilient but it may have done it in like a dual motivating kind of way that it was like well there's no, like it's not over till you win there's no quitting as you know i'm always yeah. like there's no quitting i may cry dra <laughs> crawl drag myself but it's there's no end it's yeah. like you win for you you have to win for you a hundred percent and, and, you know, here's the other thing. Winning doesn't mean you get the pot at the end of the rainbow. Right. Okay. Because if you're only doing something for the gold medal or the, the, the prize at the end, then that's very empty. And we talked about this last time. Right. To me, winning is living a life that you're 
content and peaceful and happy in, like right. having peace in your absolute, in your daily life, right? And that means that I am going to let go. And some people call it forgiving. I call it forgiving and letting go, but you don't have to. If the, if the F word is not for you, then don't use the F word, okay? But I say I'm going to let go of anything that hurts me because I absolutely refuse to let anything or anyone or any situation or any circumstance hurt me so much that I give up and right. stop becoming the woman that God put me here to be. I just refuse. Well, and that goes back to the conversation in the podcast I did last week on boundaries, mm -hmm. is that when you're drawing your own boundaries, when you realize the boundaries that you need to set so that you can live your life to the fullest in that way, because you don't have, you don't allow for the things that hurt you before to come back into your life. And you don't allow for the, the boundary crosses and yeah. the emotional, I call them emotional annihilations or the emotional violations that come into your life or physical, you know, for some people. But once you start realizing you don't have to allow those things, you don't have that in your life, that makes it a very different road to walk. It's much easier. doesn't mean it's easy, but it's much easier once you realize just because someone, like, you know, just because someone's my parents, they say their title's father or mother, or just because it's my uncle or my brother or my sister, or it's my best friend. Just because there's a label, just it doesn't mean that you have to be with that person. If they can't honor your integrity and your boundaries, sometimes you have to love them from afar. And, you know, sometimes people aren't capable of doing that. Right. You know, and I recently had a learning curve on that, you know, where I, I wanted to love from afar, but just not possible you know so you also when you're doing when you're deciding to live this way you also have to respect other people's boundaries right you know some people aren't able to do that you know they're just they're just not you know and uh you know there's there's so much out there in the world right so you know when i'm in recovery and i hear people say well here's how i drank and used and here's all the debauchery that happened and here's the bottom that i hit that got me sober and here's the things i did to get where i'm at today and here's what i want to hear so what are you doing now Right. Yeah. You know, what are you doing now? Like, are you working towards a goal at work? Are you working towards a trip? Are you exercising it with a goal? I mean, what, what are you doing now? Are you, are you baking cookies? I mean, what, what, it doesn't matter. See, sometimes people think that the goal has to be, oh, I'm going to, you know, train for the Olympics and right, I'm going to get a gold grand medal. Some big grand. Yeah. You know, my mom is like an amazing Afghan knitter. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's, she's amazing with that. It doesn't have to be this amazing, like huge, lofty, corporate, crazy goal, but you're moving in a direction that you're that you're constantly evolving and you're learning and you're growing and you're continuing to nourish your spirit. Because when you get stuck in trauma and you get stuck in your story, then you're it's like you're dying on the vine, you know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're ever going to get the pot at the end of the rainbow. You may never make a lot of money. You may never find Mr. Right. or Mrs. Right. You may never fill in the blank, you know, big dream. It's not about the dream. It's about the journey on the way. It's about getting back, getting out of the rest area, getting back in the highway and, and continuing to show up with, with as, as, as best you can every day and to continue to learn and grow and, and to enjoy yourself and laugh and eat good food and love, love people. You know, I, my new year's resolutions this year was to get closer to God, love harder, do more like of everything right and pro prosper in every way like i didn't put like any numbers this year because i'm she's know, an overachiever i'm an overachiever <laughs> so the numbers are so i really i i win just by loving harder right like you know when i'm down here in maine i'm stopped to see kim right this is part of loving harder right yep. i'm gonna maybe see my girlfriend jody um um joni who's down here ironically on the same weekend we're gonna stop by and see my friend tanya and my friend um joey on the way home i'm gonna you know i'm gonna hug people as, as best i can from a distance space right and uh you know i'm gonna love my mother like there's no tomorrow because you know what my mom she's 82 those tomorrows are running are, are getting shorter you know what i mean so for me it's about loving harder showing up laughing harder i mean nothing could make me happier okay than to have my mom hilarious over an ice cream cone i mean that's what life's about it's about the ice cream cones in the parking lot and the laughing at yourself and the it's the you know, simple it's, it's the simple, simple things, things and not taking everything as if it's going to be the end and yep. that the end of the day is anyone is anyone like really impacted by something awful like you ate the whole ice cream you ate you you ate the fried clams you ate you know or you went for mm -hmm. You know, you didn't, you sat around and read a book all day instead of getting up and doing clean, like whatever it is, late, late, you know, right. It's about you know, really learning how to take care of yourself, right. you know, self care. Right. And, you know, I'm a driver. 
So I can drive myself right into the ground. And I just caught myself doing that again and having to reel myself in to be my own parent. So, you know, Michelle, you shouldn't be working 100 hours a week. Like, that's not healthy. You need to pull that shit back in and figure out what in this situation do you need to shift and change so that you have more balance in your life. So I'm constantly mothering and parenting myself because... Well, I think you know. it's when people search for balance and that's what like at the beginning of the year when I was teaching people how to do like the balance of finding, you know, setting a goal for yourself every month. And my goal was to do one week off a month and that hasn't worked, but I'm close, but I, it's hard because my whole thing was like take one week off a month, but I was trying to do it consecutively and I had to readjust the goal that, okay, one week off wouldn't necessarily mean all, cons you know, consecutively, but at least now I'm putting them. I figured out how to now move it so that I'm taking one week off a month fully of but those separated. times, but I'm separating it out because the first month I did it great. The second month I was okay. And then all of a sudden started falling apart. And then I had to re redo the whole thing in my head going, I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to throw in the towel because it's starting to slide. I got to figure out how to readjust it. But a lot of times people just go, Oh, forget it. It's over. This is the skill set most of us need to develop, isn't it? It's about the here and now. We talk about baby steps, and baby steps are about getting closer to the here and now. Yeah, yeah, you need to have plans. Yes, you can think about the past, and you can worry about the past to an extent, but having that ice cream cone or being on the beach or taking that trip and just being there now and not worrying about what's going on with COVID, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in social media, just being here and now, that's a skill set. And once you start to learn that, it becomes very valuable to you. And once you understand you can create it, it doesn't just happen to you. You can create it. That gets addictive. You know, did you ever hear that story about the Ukrainian girl who's heard to sing? I love yeah. that story. I saw that. I, you know, I don't know the whole story, but I do know that there was something crazy happening, like a giant war, and a little girl got up and sang. Yep. And that act of re, of defiance, really, I'm defiantly going to find good, lovely things in the world, and I'm going to sing in the middle of this craziness, you know? There's just so much going on in our world now that we can spend our time stuck in front of the television, complaining about politics and all the stuff that's happening and all the things, right? Things. Or, but I think the most defiant thing you can do is actually enjoy life. It's the most revolutionary thing you can do. And for Kim and I, eating an ice cream cone is actually revolutionary. Yeah. It's revolutionary because we were grown up that food, we were taught that food was the enemy. And that I, I actually lived on lettuce, apples, and vinegar. And cucumbers. And cucumbers. <laughs> for much of my childhood. I should be two inches taller, my doctor said, because I actually stunted my growth. Thank God I'm not, because I, I would. I'm already five seven, so I was five eight for a bit. I shrunk. But you know, I think that you know, we can take a situation and it's still there. Like for me to have, I had ice cream twice actually. I had a maple creamy, and I'm, I'm confessing, right? I had a maple creamy <laughs> as if it's mind. a confession. See, now I'm like, it's not. And then I had a maple creamy here, but still in my mind, I'm thinking I shouldn't be eating ice cream. Yep. But for mom but and I to laugh over ice cream is revolutionary. It's literally revolutionary for me. So, you know, and I'll do extra cardio when I get home. But see, in my head, see, I'm still doing already, this, she's right? already doing it. But still making the decision that I'm going to I'm gonna stop working for a week and I'm going to spend time with my mother. Because guess what? How much more time do I get to spend a week on, on the beach with my mom? She's 82. It's so important to take time away from your trauma and your work and the things and the stuff and the TV and live life. Like the next time you sit down to eat a meal, taste it. Don't inhale it. Don't feel guilty about it. If whatever you're eating next, like the next omelet you eat, the next burger you eat, the next whatever it is you eat, just actually taste it. That is, we spend so much time rushing through our life and explaining ourselves away and getting stuck right. in traumatic situations that we don't ever live. And not being in the, so that's to the here and now and being present, that people check out of the here and now and being present mm -hmm. because yep. it's like on to the next thing. So you don't realize, you know, when you, it, you were talking about food, for instance, you don't realize that, God, it, that actually tastes really good. And that's amazing versus, oh, it's over and it's five minutes and now I got to get up and go do something else. So it's, and I'm, I'm counting my calories, calories while I'm eating it, right? right? So it's just, I'm, I will constantly, I will always be recovering from a eating disorder. Always. It, it, it was forced upon me at a young age. It's bred into me. It'll I'll always be continually nurturing myself out of that, right? We both have this relationship with food issue. Mm -hmm. mm. 
Yes, and it's a constant and thing. We were trained to think this way. It was like being it was like being in a concentration camp. <laughs> you know, when she's right. <laughs> and when you're in a bad situation, you're being gaslit. And I mean, I've been come out of those situations and been like, wow, I feel like I'm detoxing from being in a concentration camp or being brainwashed from whatever. When you're stuck in a traumatic situation and things that are not okay are thought to be okay and your and your boundaries get moved so far that you just start to... Because you think that, it's normal. You think it's normal. And that's been something that you've suffered from your entire life. It's taking a step back from that and going, whoa, right? right. And yeah. acknowledging like, hey, what just happened was traumatic. But you know what? I'm going to do the next indicated right thing. For me, it was taking a break from work. It was, you know taking some time to be in life and not working on life. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when we were, I work with entrepreneurs, it's like, you are you working in your business or on your business? Well, are you working, are you in your life? Or are you working on your life? Right. You know, so sometimes you got to be in your life and sometimes you got to be on your life. It depends upon which way you're working on it. You know, sometimes you got to be in there in the trenches, digging in and getting into it. And other times you got to be eating ice cream and laughing over taking a nap. You know, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's eating pizza. Oh, pizza's your thing? Well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do pizza. But is, it, is it pizza with pepperoni? or It's pizza with whatever. <laughs> sure. But yeah. then I suffer. I always suffer. Yeah, because the gluten. Yeah. So then I love yes. it, and then I don't. Yeah. So. Well, and that's the thing. Like, when you've, when you've abused food your whole life, your stomach is not... My stomach doesn't work like a normal stomach. Like my liver does not work like a normal liver. I drank enough alcohol by the time I was 32. I hit my quota at 32, I say. I drank enough alcohol when I was 32 that by the time I was having hangovers, my hangovers were so traumatic. They were three day long. It was like planning to have a stomach flu for me to get drunk. Like my liver was damaged by 32. And I'm so lucky that my mom got sober 14 months before me. And when I could start to see, wow, it looks like a duck. It's quacking. It's got feathers. I could actually, my mom gave me a huge gift and we were able to stop the cycle of alcoholism, at least for now, because either one of us could pick up tomorrow, okay, in, in our family. Now, that's something I work on every single day. I'm always going to be recovering from that ism. Well, that recovery process is always here and now, isn't it? It's always it's here, here and, now. and now. Yeah. And it permeates, it, it see, it's, alcohol is no longer the problem because I haven't had a drink of alcohol for 22 years. Well, I'm the problem. Is, alcohol was the symptom of the problem. Alcohol is a symptom of the That's problem. Right. I'm the Food problem. Food is the symptom of the problem. Food, relationships, right. Right. Twizzlers. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, now you're making shopping, me think of all the things. Shopping. There's, I mean, whatever you're putting in that hole in you, the and I call space. it a God shaped hole, that empty space in yeah. you that you're trying to fill yourself up. That's that's not the problem. How we choose to not move forward is the problem, and I think that's what that's where the rubber meets the road when you're when you're in recovery, right? You make a decision that you're no longer going to do, or you're no longer going right. to be, or you're no longer going to get stuck to the story. It doesn't matter if it's alcohol, relationships, right. sexual abuse, whatever. Right. Okay. So now what? Now what does life look like without that? Right. Doesn't mean it still doesn't pick up its head and rear its ugly head. Okay. Right. Of course it does. All right. But what do I do next? How do I live life? How do I get back in and my life and start working on my life so that I have a life? Because recovery means you get to have one of those. Right. If we don't recover, we end up in jail, institutions, drunk, high, high, in endless bad relationships. We end up stuck in like the groundhog day. You right. Know? And that's not life. That's not life. Well, it's, it's how we get out of that is how we got into it, right? Baby steps, day by day, hour by hour, expanding well, the ability, your ability to cope with it, starting with an hour at a time and working it up as long as you can. And well, it's also at any point, at any moment, you can make a choice to start your day over again. Exactly. Like, you know, you can make right. a change literally in a heartbeat. Like whenever I've been in a bad situation, I can literally remember the moment, whether it be with alcohol or relationships or a job. I can literally remember the moment where the switch just went. Boop, it just it just was one ounce. Over, was that you know the camels like carrying? It was that one, one moment, over. moment over what I was able to withstand, where I could literally hear and see what was happening, and go, nope, I am accountable. I am turning on my heel and I'm walking in a different direction because yep. this is not the way I want to live my life. I no longer want to wake up hungover and wonder what the hell I did the night before. 
Like I, I remember the day that I got sober very well. I woke up after being arrested for drinking and driving. I had been driving a 2000 pound bullet the night before. So inebriated. I can't even tell you. Okay. I was lucky to have a cop stop me. Thank God. Cause I probably wouldn't have gotten home that night. And he arrested me because I was 120% wrong. And when I woke up that morning, my dad had a note on the table and it said, Michelle, here's the paperwork you need to have to drive today. I had to go to work. I love you. I'll see you later. And it was like a anvil to the head. I remember standing in my, in my kitchen in Winooski that I had just painted Ralph Lauren covers. And I looked at the ceiling, which was beige. And I looked at my feet and I looked at myself and I said, today is the day that I've had enough. Hmm. And my life literally in that moment changed. Now it doesn't mean that there hasn't been a shit ton of work over the past 22 years. Cause you, okay? can, you have to do the work. I could literally go into a bar. There's a bar literally 10 feet from me here. I could literally, I have money in my pocket. I could literally go buy myself a shot of Jack Daniels and I could start drinking literally in the time that it takes me to walk from here to there. The only way that I don't do that is the next indicated right action. Right. And now I'm at a point in my recovery where I'm getting really deep into the layers of the onion, right? Where you're, okay, what what am I doing? What do I need to change for real to get on to the next chapter? Because this little groundhog chapter that I've been living for a little while, I need to do some deep work. So I'm in a deep work stage of my of my recovery right now. Not as it relates to alcohol, as it it's relates re to my choices. Right, it's like reflecting in deeper onto the mm -hmm. next level of where you need to be so that you can continue on the path that you're on so that you don't get stuck. Yeah, because you know what? I want to be able to have more ice cream cones. <laughs> I want to be able to have more moments where I... Kim and I haven't physically been together for 38 years. I want more moments like this. And yeah. I just got to chill. I want more moments like this where I'm living life to its fullest. <laughs> I'm just smiling at her. I'm just like, oh, I love it. You know, and you know what's really funny? Kim and I did not plan our outfit today. We literally went out and bought, I bought this dress quite impromptu. And uh, I bought this like three months ago and haven't worn it. And there we and were. And we literally are exactly the same, literally exactly the same colors, right? You know, so, you know, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? It's because, you know. You can tell that's my husband, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's like throwing it up. I know. Whatever. Right? <laughs> but the reality is, is that was because I want to get out and live life. And Kim wants to get out and live life. We don't want to stay stuck where we were when we were five and eight on the road to hell I'm, I, I'm gonna make you get out on bicycle no it's never gonna happen not in that town no it's <laughs> never like, out of here on the like, part of this conversation she knows that was part of the deal when we first met just as just as an aside he was like oh i love biking i'm like i will we're done we're we're done it's I, I will never get You're out giving of the bicycle far too much too much power. Yeah, Mel. And I, by the way, <laughs> my parents own the bicycle shop. So. <laughs> I know there's there's a weird yeah, thing so, here. So there's a little weird. Her, yeah. her dad sold my parents all the bicycles. All actually. the bicycles that yeah. went to our gym. All the Schwins. I had Schwins. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're not getting me on a bike. And yep. I loved her dad. No problem. But yep. not the bike. We're back, to, we're back to boundaries now, aren't we? Because one of the things because one of the things that changed for me that, that Michelle was kind of talking about the same way was she asked about how much time does she have left with her mother? I started thinking, how much time do I have left? I get really stingy about my mental energy. It's like I'm just not going there. I'm just not giving it to that. It's got to be important enough to get my mental energy because I don't have enough for anybody anymore. You know what? Amen. Right. right. Like I was, my mom and I have been, to, you know, we, we talk, my mom is like one of my best friends. I'm like, you know, what, mom, I haven't got time for one more ounce of shit in my life. Right. Yeah. Like I, I have gotten to the point at, I'll be 55 on October 2nd. And she insane, looks amazing. Okay? I've gotten to the point at 55 years old that I am so done with re-traumatizing myself that I have given at the office. Like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. done. Like I'm, I just don't want to continue to live Groundhog Day. Like I don't care what I have to do or like, I don't care what I have to do to dig into my soul to extricate what my habitual crap. So I don't keep on doing that to myself because I'm 54 years old and I don't want to spend the next 40 years. There's a chance I could live another 40 years reliving the same ridiculous shit. I just refuse. I got rid of alcohol. I got rid of this. I got rid of, I, I'm like, you know, when you get sober, it's like, it's like driving a car and you get all your crap in the back seat. But when you slam on those brakes, all your crap comes forward. And I've just been like, I'm like this. I'm just, you know, 
And now I'm getting to the point where I'm getting the crap that got stuck under the seat. You know, I'm, I'm like pulling my skirt up and, and I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I've had it. Like, I don't, I want my car to be like pristine. Like I want it to have a new car smell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm just done doing that to myself. And the fact of the matter is that when I'm in a situation that is not becoming of my future, I am doing it to myself. So that's okay. it's that's to your point, Lou. Is that is the in talking about no the mental energy is not necessary to let go on any of the stuff that you used to like in youth and in your twenties and your thirties and forties. Yes, and 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 many people just believe that because they do stay stuck in that that thought. But there there comes a point which I've come to, she's come to, I know you've come to that the mental energy. No more bandwidth for it, and I'm like, eh, yep. I'm out. I, I don't need it. I mean, obviously, you know, I do it for a living, so I have the mental bandwidth for what I do for a living. But in my own life and being able to set boundaries, I'm, I try hard all the time to put those down. And I, I say that I try hard because sometimes it's hard. And so well, people say if it's if it's hard, why bother doing it? Because well, eventually it's going to stick. It's harder if you don't. Don't right. I mean, there's the pain of the pain of doing it, and the pain of not doing it. Where the tipping point comes is when the pain of doing it is less scary Sorry, than the pain of not doing, doing it. it. And well, I'm for me, the tipping point was, and Michelle, I'm right there. What? For me, the tipping point was, and Michelle brought it up. The word peace. It's such an important word to me right oh. now because that's what I'm seeking all the time. Now I understand I have to get up every day and do what I need to do, and but there's going to be a point in my day where I, you know, what do you want to do tonight? I want to be peaceful. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that means sitting in front of a Seinfeld episode or going out to eat or whatever it is. I just want to have some peace for a while. hundred yeah. percent. And I no longer am allowing anyone period to not treat me with the love and respect and, and dignity that I treat others in. You know, I mean, that's been a huge thing for me too, because I'll move the boundary because I'm so understanding I, I'm, I'm done with that, you know, and it's just, it's taken me a long time to be done with that. I think it's a practice. It's a practice yeah. process because you have to keep practicing it all the time. It can't just be a one and done because then you give, you get the efforts. Like I, ah, forget yeah, I'm good. it. I got it. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you're right back in it. So it's, it's a practice process and people have to be wanting to practice the process. Well, I also think that, you know, when we get, when we get sober, especially we say, Hey, you know what? I'm willing that you have all of me, God, you know what I mean? Like, and this is a huge part for me. I'm, I am done with this. You can take this shit and you can either think of it as God or whatever you're, I'm just done. Right. Here's my stuff. You, you take it. I'm going to move forward. It's like being on a on a hiking trail and having like a bunch of crap that you're carrying that you no longer need, and you realize, wow, I am exhausted. But it's because I'm carrying a, a um, I don't know, a recliner yeah. that my father used to sit in when I was a kid, and I have an emotional attachment to this recliner. Right. And I'm on my way up this like huge mountain, and it's like I don't need the recliner. I can let the re I can just leave the recliner here. Like you can just mountain, you can take the recliner because I am, I need, I need to walk up this mountain. I'm just letting go of a lot of things that I, I just refuse to hang on to anymore. I just got to move forward. 100%. Uh, forward. So on that note, as we get close to ending our show, the tips, let's think the top two or three tips that we could give in terms of, you know, the, the theme of the show, which is moving forward. Yeah. And also living your life after trauma or moving past your trauma. Well, let yourself have one of those. Yeah, like you actually, you listening, are allowed to have a life after whatever that thing is that made you listen to this entire show. Because right. if you're still listening, it's because something was said that touched your heart. Right. And you're thinking, you know, but you, you have the right to have a happy life and you can move forward and eat ice cream as much as you want and laugh and have a good life. You don't have to stay stuck where you were. You have permission to move forward. forward. And, and then, the only person that can give you the permission is you. you. Right. And that's, I think that's, that would be my biggest key tip is give yourself the permission. You don't need permission from anyone else. And you often wait for people to give you the permission. Yeah. Give yourself the permission to move forward. You don't need somebody else's validation for that, assurance, reassurance, because you'll be waiting forever for that. Give yourself that gift of, I give myself permission to have happiness. I give myself to, permission to not have to do that anymore or to take that anymore or to listen to that anymore, whatever or that even is. to do the work to figure out what all that shit is. You know, right. I mean, give yourself permission to do the work. Like, I'm going to slow my life down enough 
where I'm going to practice self-care. I'm going to take some bubble baths. I'm going to get into therapy. I'm going to go to some meetings. I'm going to find out what my church has got going on. I'm going to see what's happening with my XYZ club. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to, I'm going to actually start taking some time out for myself so I can figure out what this is. So I can even know what it is that I like and go to a movie by yourself and dinner and dinner. And change your dang tire. And change your dang tire. Change your dang tire. That's that's the name <laughs> of the show today. Change your dang tire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lou, any any last thoughts or questions for myself or Michelle? I, I have another hint too that I wanted to add here because I think this is really important. I think you have to find you have to carve out permission to have some peace for an hour. Just say for an hour, I'm putting it everything down. I'm setting everything yeah, down. I wake up in the morning and do that. I actually um, don't look at my phone for the first hour. Yep. I look at my phone to read things off my phone, but not to check Facebook or, or do work or answer email. Right. And that's like a muscle. Once you start doing that, you start to be able to do it for longer periods of time. And you start to get really good at it. And you start to understand the importance of it. And it gets better and better all the time. Baby yeah. steps, right? Yeah. Baby you know steps. what? Even if it's maybe an hour is too long because I know yeah. sometimes I took an hour. What are you crazy? Five minutes. To five start. minutes. Start with five. Right. You know, put a timer on your phone and just don't do anything but take care of yourself for five minutes, and then you can increase it. Like and your it. and your baby steps. We're gonna have to revisit now in a humorous moment. You've been watching What About Bob? I can clearly tell you have been doing the Bob Wiley method. Have I? I don't know. That's the baby steps. We talk baby steps all the time here on the show. Stock me up in Maine. <laughs> I know where you are. So. I know. <laughs> well, it's good to see you in person because when I saw you before, you were I didn't, I didn't see you. I just heard you. So it's nice to see you in person. Well, we talked before the show, so you saw me. Before we, the show. we talked, right? But, but this, we didn't do it this way. Yeah, we. I don't. Did I, did I see you? See, there, there's a menopause moment. Did I actually see your face? I don't know if I saw your face. Yes, you did. We yeah, talking. we talked before the show. Uh, See, there you go. Take him to Cornerstone Pizza right up the road from you guys and get her a nice pizza and let her enjoy it. No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to suffer, but thank you for your encouragement. Well, you said you love pizza, nice so set not, it down. That's not, that's not on the self-care agenda today. No. Today is not the day we eat pizza or ice cream, right. even though ice cream is on my mind. But I'm, <laughs> I'm done with it. I actually am full from ice cream. I'm good. I'm good with ice cream. I've already had a piece of pizza this week, and I was done after I had it. I was like, okay. yeah, I should have yeah. done that. So Yeah. So anyway, everybody, I will be back on Wednesday live. And we're for... going to be meeting again, oh, yes. right? We'll be meeting again in November? October. 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 Well, we actually know what? November 4th, I think, is the date. Because I'm going to be doing a photo shoot. Is that a Friday? No, it was. It was it, we have to figure out the date. We'll figure but out the, the date. But I'm, I actually have booked a photographer to do a photo shoot at the end of October. Mm -hmm. um, it may or may not happen on the 15th, it might happen on the 29th, that's why it might happen in November. But we're going to be talking about, um, we talked about this. Yeah, we did. I don't remember. Shoot. But it will be a very interesting topic, whatever it is that we sure. can't both remember off the top of our head right now. We're, because... we're going to talk about reaching goals. Oh, that's about, what it was. About saying about, oh, about, eight, oh, I know who it was. <laughs> Thank God, God she so, remembers. I'm so grateful. It was about, it was about aging. And oh, not, that's right. And, aging, not, and aging gracefully because you're turning 55. Yeah. Yeah, and, and see, I've got gray hair, and I'm turning 55 on October 2nd. And uh, we're talking about how people give up then their excuses because they're old. Because yep. they're old. Because they're right? old. So we talked about the excuses. I'm, I gave up because I have this trauma, and the reason why I'm so fucked up now. Oops, I said I said okay. up now is because <laughs> I have this trauma, and I'm stuck in this trauma. The next thing I hear people say is, the reason why I'm fill in the blank is because I'm too old. That's well that's well. And Lou, Lou, I'll tell Michelle your story about that. Cuz yeah. you have that. You don't do it anymore, but he did that. I had that experience 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> being too old is a bunch of bullshit. I'm just telling you. And I'm, or, well, and I always add in when it's the too old and it's genetics. I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all of that yeah. in another show in the next month or so. She'll be back, but she'll be joining us that time from Arizona. And I have 60 days to get ready for this photo shoot, so I must stop eating ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> She's going to have the ice cream blow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking about doing a, um, and I'm going to be letting you know, I'm thinking about doing another bikini competition in February, which I may or may not and do. Then we can go live for that. Depends upon, it depends upon my work schedule. 
It, like it also depends upon my processing with that rear back pose. I really have a problem with the rear back pose. I think it's very sexist, and so I struggle with it. So oh, I might be in bikini. Um, I might set a, a, a goal to be in bikini competition shape by a certain time, but I may or may not compete. There is a competition in um, Phoenix in February next year, and it, it depends on where I'm at in November if I decide to do the bikini competition. So. She does very well at them, but I'll, we'll explain to you the back pose if you don't know what it is yeah. at some other juncture because the back pose just, you know, there's a, a lot. Little, it's, to it's, me, it's a little demeaning, and so I have a hard time with it. The men do it too, but it's just a little different. It's so. a little different, yeah. Right. So, we'll, so, you, so you can tune in to find out about that. So, Something has to do with butts. Is I'm looking True. forward to it. <laughs> all right so everybody have a fantastic weekend and i will be back with you in a few days and um i have no idea what we're talking about next week but i'm sure that it will be partially about this because people will post up and ask questions and want to know more and then we'll get ready for the next show so everybody have a great weekend and thank you so much michelle for coming yay it's so good to see you and i'm sweaty and john so and lou you have a great weekend too you too. We'll see you, see you next week. Thank you, Lou. Kim's husband said bye, Lou. <laughs> bye, John. Bye, John. <laughs> bye.